What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Done. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Great entity. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Gannon looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end down. Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. Yes. It's about as salty as I'm going to get today. Well. It's a few days before Thanksgiving, so I'm taking the... I'm thankful for a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, that's true. But we just got a little bit of news right before this podcast that we didn't like. What? So, what? You're putting it mildly that <laughs> yeah, I didn't you were like. Really, you I, were really pissed. I am. Uh, it's not the biggest deal in the world. No. But the Buccaneers week 13 game against Carolina got flexed from 1 p.m., which is at Raymond James Stadium, from 1 p.m. to 4.05 p.m. Correct. Uh, the reason that would make us salty, even though in the grand scheme of things it's not that big of a deal, and maybe even some fans would prefer it that way, yeah. is that um, it's just we like 1 o'clock games in terms of work schedule. Correct. Right. It changes your lifestyle. <laughs> well, basically, instead of sitting at, you know, you get up in the morning and you go, yeah. and now you're going to sit at home for three extra hours right. before and you go to work. work and then later three extra yeah. Right. So it's kind of a waste of three hours for us. Right. Uh, but that's not really most it's people's not concern. A, like, apparently, it's not about us. And I'm starting oh, to get a little disappointed about that. Well, Jeff, we've lost five of our last six games. Well, it's not because of, well, we're actually getting flexed. To clear a spot for yeah, a game for another game. would like to show. Yeah, and that would be Denver, Denver and Houston. Houston. Because Houston's the hot team, mm-hmm. and they are very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Denver's won four in a row. Right. So, you know. But if... You're an NFC person. You're not going to watch that game anyway. And so. Carolina's one and nine. Yeah, there is that. So I mean, I can understand. Sure. Um, we're not we're not thrilled about it, but again, it's not the end of the world. And yeah. like, like I said, well, some fans may like it that way. The the, the uh, and way it is is there's going to be a lot of flexing between now and the end of the year because this is where they're going to look at all these like all those New York Jet games and go, oh geez, what are we doing? So, so there's going to be more local. There's going to be more flexing than you'll see at your local gym. Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you funny guy today. Uh, so anyway, let's get past yep. that because we're going to mostly talk about the last game and the upcoming game. All right. Uh, but we do also have some roster moves that will be known by the time this is posted. Okay. It's not big names. I don't know this, so you're going to inform <laughs> good, me good about for this you. stuff. It's not huge names. Uh-huh. Um, but it does give you some idea of how concerning some of these new injuries are. Okay. So the Bucks, um, early in the day, they opened up a few spots between the roster and the practice squad by releasing tight end, or actually waving tight end David Wells 
right. from the 53-man roster. Just a quick explanation there. Wells is maybe a vested veteran, but even if he is, once you pass the trade deadline, every player who's cut, even vested veterans, go through waivers. So oh, okay. that's actually kind of a bit of important news today, And but I'm going to get back to that regarding Shaquille Leonard. I'm going to get back to that after I finish talking about these roster moves. Uh, right. Released from the practice squad are two defensive backs that recently joined, that being Don Gardner, the cornerback, and Jaquan Johnson, the uh, safety who just got here a week ago. Right. All right, so now you got a total of three spots there. A little later we find out this is how they're filled. Uh, J.J. Russell is being promoted. He's being signed off the practice squad to the active roster. All right. So with the other two releases and then the, his promotion, there's three spots open on the practice squad. And they go to a linebacker named Vi Jones, a cornerback named Quandry Mosley, and a wide receiver named Raleigh Webb. Okay. The promotion of J.J. Russell makes me think that they aren't 100% sure Levante David's going to play this week. Yeah. I, I, I agree because I, he suffered a groin injury, and, and those can be tough to play through. How I looked at it is how mad he was. Oh, okay. You That's know, how his reaction was like he knew, you know, this could be more than just five days of hurting. So that's that will be very bad news mm-hmm. if that's the case. But you have to prepare for the possibility. Right. And we're not saying Levante's out. We don't know we're that. Just, we have no idea. Right. I'm just saying the promotion of Russell makes me think they're not sure if he's going to be available. Because that if Levante was out, I assume Servasier Dennis, the rookie, who did fill in for him after he got hurt, will uh-huh. get to start. Right. And we'll find out a lot about him. And then you still want to have four inside linebacker or off-ball linebackers. And so J.J. Russell would be your your fourth one that's yeah. active along with Devin White and K.J. Britt. Right. Okay. And right. maybe Servasier would play less in special teams if he's playing every defensive snap, and J.J. Russell is a proven special teams player. So they're there. Definitely going to have to keep an eye on this. Don't really know a whole lot about these three new practice squad players, i got to be honest with you. Okay. So, but one of them's a linebacker. Yeah. And uh, one of them's a cornerback, and both Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean got hurt. That's called an educated guess. So there's, there's at least three corners on the practice squad now. Crazy. With Mosley, Richard LeCount, and Keenan Isaac. All right. So uh, that's a position that even if even if uh, nobody gets promoted or activated, you need a certain number of players to practice. So, you know, if, if two guys aren't practicing, which is a possibility with Davis and Dean, then you bring in two more. Right. Or one more in this case. Actually, it's not a net gain because we cut Don Gardner. So I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> you got all the way through oh, that. Have, and then you did, We have Dariq Pitts on the practice. OK, too, so there you go. We, we've got a, a number of them. Um, Anyway, those are the roster moves. Now, I briefly mentioned um, Shaquille Leonard. Did you see that news? I did. That was kind of surprising. And it's relevant to us because we're about to play the Colts. Correct. I mean, we don't normally spend a lot of time going over around the NFL news. Correct. So were you surprised by that? Nothing surprises me with the Colts anymore. Well, okay, you're making it sound like this is a crazy move. No, but I'm just saying nothing surprises me with the Colts anymore. Well, most people probably know this, but Shaquille Leonard was an instant hit upon being drafted. Um, that was the year they got what, two years ago. No, it was actually at least four. This is his. Oh, this is his sixth season. Wow! But that was the draft where they notably got Quentin Nelson in the first round and Shaquille Leonard in the second round, and both of them were all pros as rookies. Yes. That's about as good that, as you can hit a draft. Yeah, right. <laughs> but. He had some ankle injuries, and then last year he dealt with a number of back injuries and eventually had surgery, and he's only played three games last year, and 
there was a little bit of concern if he'd be able to return to form this year. Mm-hmm. And he has started every game, all nine of them. But um, actually, no, that's not every game because they played ten. Right. Um, but he started many games this year. He started nine and played in nine. Uh, but his production has not been up to his usual standards. He's been a he's been a Pro Bowler three times and all, all no Pro Bowler. Three times and all. Yeah, but you kind of given up on him kind of quickly. Though. Well, it's a money thing, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, it's hard. It is weird because, um, it, you know, his playing time had sagged, and he he talked about that. And from the statements that both the Colts owner Jim Irsay and he put out, it feels like it was a mutual thing. Like they decided they were both fine with this, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe Leonard can get an opportunity somewhere else right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there didn't seem to be any acrimony there. Right. I think part of it is he's still do a lot of money. If some other team claims him, that helps the Colts. Colts offset it because yeah. his money's guaranteed this year. That's the thing. So there's still like six. If you claimed him now and played him the rest of the year, it would cost you $6.1 million, which is a lot for that, seven games. Yeah, well, you're renting a player at that time. But it, can he put you over the top? Yeah, I, well, I mean, it depends if you still think he's good. I uh-huh. mean, apparently he hasn't been playing all that well because of the injuries. So, But what's their logic of <clears throat> they feel they have someone better than, I guess? Well, huh? Zaire Franklin has really emerged um, as the linebacker that's getting tons of tackles and okay. all that. I don't know if he's as good as peak Shaq Leonard, who was just an amazing player when he wasn't hurt. Uh, it could be partially that his he's got that six point one million guaranteed the rest of this year, but his money next year is not guaranteed. Right. However, I believe at least a good portion of it is guaranteed for injury. That could be a storyline for us during our game. Okay, see if he makes a difference. So if he had if he had uh, he had gotten continued to play and gotten injured, then they'd be on the hook for even more. Right. You know, you've seen that in recent years yeah. with some quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They get. Like Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, you're just at that point where, hey, let's just set them Put down. Put them in bubble wrap, make sure they don't get hurt. I think it might have happened yeah. to Matt Ryan, too. Yeah. Because you just don't want, later. You don't, yeah. want to, you don't want to be on the hook for that injury guarantee. Mm-hmm. So it's smart, <sighs> smart maneuvering of the dollars. I like it. So, you know, at least we can say this. Man, quarterbacks around the league are dropping like flies. Oh. And I'm glad that ours is still healthy. It's a lot of knocking on wood going on. Yeah, considering how much he's scrambling and keeping plays alive and taking hits. I, it's I am so <laughs> impressed with Baker this season. I don't know. I was somewhere, and someone was telling me that, about how we really need a quarterback, and I finally just had to stop and just say, have you even watched any of our games? I mean, seriously, he's doing everything he's being asked of, and – you know, of course, we, he said after the game we had him on Bucks Radio, and you know, I fumbled the ball, my fault. That that hurt us a lot. It's but the first that fumble was, he's lost all year. Correct, and that was the three point loss because of um, you know we figure minimum you're you're closing in on field you're going to get field goal range, and the defense did stop the 49ers from only kicking a field goal after they got it back. So that was a three point swing. So in or would it be a six point swing because they got three and we didn't I get guess three? So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, but I think his play has been outstanding. I'm yeah. very, very pleased. Yeah, his play, his leadership, the way the team is rallying behind him, his the way he takes responsibility for anything what? that doesn't go well after the he his d- press conferences are very impressive. I think. Yeah, he does not point a finger. If he points a finger, it's at himself. Yeah, but he hasn't really had to a whole lot because he's played no, very he well. He played well. He made um, some more really good plays under pressure in this last one, which has just been a call, calling card for him all year. And it's and I, I liked what um, 
Dave Canales said last week about that particular issue. Um, and it was after we'd already recorded this. So this is the first time I get to share it. He said, Baker does well in pressure situations because the chaos calms him down. I agree. That's crazy. That's not how it's supposed to work. Someone else was saying, I can't remember who was telling me. There's a football person that said, Baker is best when he's being doubted and he's got a chip on his shoulder because it, for whatever reason, it makes him process yeah. things differently. And that's a mental thing, but I'm saying physically and the way he can perform, it's amazing that, as Canal said, chaos calms him down. And he has made some of his best plays when things look dire. Yeah. <clears throat> and unfortunately, things have looked dire. <laughs> <laughs> From time to time. Yeah. The pass protection for Baker has not been as good the last couple weeks. No, um, and no. that has been – he's overcome that, uh, even though he's taken seven sacks in the last two games. He's overcome that by this ability to make plays. But that's mostly between the 20s. When it gets down there in the red zone and it's breaking down on you, it's a lot harder. Yes. And we saw that in this game when yes. they were trying to come back. Three drives to end the game into San Francisco territory. Two that got into the red zone and no points out of them. The first interception that Baker's thrown oh. in the red zone all season. Did that skip off a dude's helmet? Yeah, it was either off his hand or his helmet. That was a that was a very very well. I'll take it back. I I thought um, that it went off of Chris's hands. Oh yeah. Yes. I, see, it seemed to me like it skipped off a dude's helmet. Well, could could have it. it was I, need, I should watch it. We should. But that was a freak play and a great defensive play to to dive and catch, to it. Dive and catch it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it was a bummer, though. Yeah, man. well. I really like the no interceptions in the red zone. Thing well, that going. Yeah, it's a good thing to like. All these great, you know, I hate when great notes are killed. And there were at uh -huh. least two of them in this game because uh, Tristan Wirfs allowed a sack. Yeah. And well, I, there's an asterisk that needs to I go in there. I'm sorry. Because it was not long after he got injured and then came back in. Yeah, right? it was like yeah. two two plays later, he comes back in, and, of course, they're bull rushing him, and it's not like a, you know, a bunch of slacks there. They teamed no, up on him and right. went. So, yeah, I, I, I was disappointed for, for him, but I got really, really concerned when he went down. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, whoa, wait well, a Well, look at now. who went down, Levante yeah. and Tristan. I mean, how – you yeah. can't afford to lose your quarterback, but who else? When you start listing who you can afford to lose, well, or can't afford to lose, Jamal Dean goes down. Yeah, we've survived some other Dean and Carlton Davis absences this season because Zion McCollum's filled in pretty well. Now, if they're both okay, out, I'll, I'll give you that. That's right. That's if true. they're both out this week, right. which is a possibility, then now you're now you're counting on like Josh Hayes, who him and Kayvon Merriweather played on defense for the first time, uh -huh. and uh, this week. And coach said they did pretty well. Yeah. But still, those guys are completely unproven. You can't say you'd feel more confident with Josh Hayes than Jamel Dean. Yeah. Because you don't know. Well, that's true. That's very, very true. And Josh and Jamel Dean wasn't awesome in his first few starts. No. So it's it's just a worry, you know. And and actually, Indy's offense has been pretty good, whether it's been Richardson or Minshew. Yeah. Well, it's going to be Minshew on this game. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying they lost their original starting quarterback, albeit a rookie. Yeah. And Minshew obviously has veteran experience, and they've scored the ninth most points in the game. It's crazy per game. Mm -hmm. And he's also he also scrambles too, does he not? Minshew, yeah. I think he's pretty mobile, not yeah. as much as Anthony Richardson, of course. Right. Uh, the Buccaneers played. Seven rookies at one point or another on defense. I, you know, it's funny because we were at one point. I did make that that comment. Is it 
is that half of our defense rookies, and I couldn't do the math as the, as the uh, plays were going on. But in, I'm not uh, sure there was ever a time when all seven were on the field at the same time. Yeah, was there? Was there? I wonder at what point was there. I don't know because Marquise Watts is one of them, and he only played three yeah. snaps. Okay, so it'd be a little harder to figure out. But you had Kalijah Kansi; he played right. a lot, obviously, uh-huh. as he always does. Yaya Diaby, who had another who great had a great game. Um, Servasier Dennis, three. Mm-hmm. I said Marquise Watts. That's four. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, Christian Izzian has already been playing all year as but, a slot corner, but that's yeah, but, five. That's five, right. And then Kayvon Merriweather, who actually started the game at safety in Ryan Neal's place, mm-hmm. and Josh Hayes, who was pressed into service when the second corner went down. Right. So, seven, whew, I don't know, seven rookies. And honestly, when you really look back at it, they played pretty well. Um, you know, you take that one drive where you had them on, like, the two-yard line. Yeah, well, that yeah. they weren't in yet on that one. Correct, but I'm just saying, defensively, the team played. At, I think you better walk that back a little. You bit. don't think so? By okay, at least they gave du- up four hundred twenty yards. Yeah, but at least during the half. You up mean to in half the second time. half? In the second half, no, not good. Three, three touchdowns in the third quarter was it? No, two. For them? Yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking. Oh, are you saying that it was only thirteen? Yeah, I thought defensively the team played well in the first half. Okay. It was the second half they, that I it would, fell apart. I mean, I think well. Is a bit of a stretch. I'm personally. talking about well against the 49ers. Considering the last game we played, it was like 28 to nothing. Yeah, it, it definitely was a lot more. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a much more competitive game. Yes. at halftime, and then that 76 yard touchdown to Ayuk really got mm. the Avalanche going. Actually, the play before that makes me mad. That one was bad too. Yeah, we uh, uh, Michael Pahanic and I, Michael in uh, communications, we just watched that play a little bit ago because we were trying to decide. Uh, what developed there? If you, it was like a twenty-one yard catch and run for Kittle. Yeah, and he leaked out to the left side and was wide open by like fifteen yards. Yeah, and he started at his three-yard line and was able to get to like the twenty-yard line, twenty-four. Or there, okay, well, twenty-one yard gain then. So, did you guys figure it out? Um, it just looked like everyone bid on the fake, and everyone went to the left, and he skirted out to the right. I will, I will say, which hurt because that was. You know, that was like third down at that point. Second, second down, second but down. they were backed up. Yeah, because the first first down they stopped them. Right. Yeah. So you were, that's what you, when you had to punt it away and, and Camarda did that incredible angled punt to punt. To yeah, yeah. Too. Um, I mean, it's hard to punt a 53-yard punt. And have, I mean, usually when you're angling the ball out, you're punting from like the 45. This is a this is for a 53-yard punt yeah. that got out at the two. That's yeah. incredible. Well, as they uh, – uh, as he said on uh, the Bucks Total Access show, just as they uh, planned it, or just had they, you know. So yeah. the uh, the hope when you do that is, even though you had to punt and kill a drive that was close to midfield, you you pin them down, you you force them to punt it back, and you've still got good field position again. Yeah. But then they go ninety eight yards. Yeah, that kind of a yeah. That was the backbreaker. Yeah. Well, interesting. During the half, Dave and I were talking. Dave Moore and I were talking, and uh, the Bucks were going to get the ball out. Out of the, at the half, yeah, yeah. And Dave goes, they really need to score here. They need to if they don't score here, this could get ugly quickly. Mm. And I was like, really? And he goes, this is yeah, exactly what happened. He, yeah, he goes, no. He goes, they need, they, you know, they need that momentum to get, make it tighter, get it in because well, if it, if if San Francisco, we would have been ahead. Again, yeah. If we scored a touchdown, it would have been fourteen thirteen. Right. I mean, ifs and ifs, ifs and, and buts. buts yeah. Yes, candy and nuts. We all be happy at Christmas. But um, <laughs> I've heard it that way before. Okay. Um, 
Is that what you want? Is that what makes you happy at Christmas? Candy and nuts? Well, you know, when you're poor, you take anything. <laughs> well, if you're poor, are you getting candy and nuts? Well, that's why it's such a treat if you did. <laughs> that's why if ifs and nuts were candy and nuts ever. Again, continue. Well, Don't quit sidetracking me. So that first drive to start the third yep. quarter when we were down 13 to 7. Yep, you're in the game. Started now. out promisingly yes. enough, got a first down, um, got it to third and three. Yes. And uh, and this play didn't work, but I actually have it written down as one of the things I want to talk about because I liked, and I think you're starting to see the development of some sequences of plays uh-huh. in games where um, something you did earlier sets up what you're doing now. And I've got a couple examples of that. Right. And this is one of them. Because okay. on this play, the Buccaneers lined up in uh, a little trip formation out to the right with... Rashad White also there behind them on that side. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the game, we'd lined up in the exact same for- formation, throwing a screen pass to White, and it worked really well. It did. So they, I'm like, oh, I wonder if they're running that screen pass again. And Baker did immediately look over there. Uh-huh. But instead, Palmer went deep. Correct. And he threw to him. That was the whole design of the play. Yes. And it, it was incomplete. But I loved the call. The call was great. The execution, not so good. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Normally, I don't like throwing Did... downfield on third and short because mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just get the first down. Yeah, yeah. And then take a shot. But, but I love the I love the design of the play. Totally. And and that's there. And I'll give you another one. All right. On the touchdown. You know you're just going to frustrate me throughout this, all this, because all I keep thinking about are the plays if they would have. Well, this one worked. Okay. It was the Evans. You're going to make me smile now. It was the Evans right. touchdown. Now, what is... Around the goal line, what is Mike Evans? All right, Go ahead, why? All right, before you say something, the funniest part is TJ on the sideline said to me in my ear, he goes, when are we going to get Mike Evans in the game? Now tell your story. <laughs> because he didn't have a catch. He yet. didn't have a catch yet. Um, but he didn't end up getting like 12 targets. So people just need to calm down. If it's the start of the second quarter and Mike doesn't have a catch yet, well, you you know, not ideal, but calm down. Yeah. There's plenty of game to there, go. There could be a lot of people like double teaming him, but continue. Yeah. So it's like the Houston game. Mike and Chris weren't very involved because they were purposely taking them away. So Kate Otten and Rashad White went there wild. There you go. And then later in the game, because it wasn't working, we were still moving the ball. Then they, you know, they eased off on Mike and Chris a little bit, and yep. then they got fed. There you go. Any case, in this case, he didn't have a catch yet. Nope. It's first and goal from the one. What is Mike Evans best known for around the goal line? Blocking. <laughs> Come on. The fade pass. He's so in the good at the fade pass. Man. So he's lined up. I don't know, five yards off of the end of the line, into the offensive line to the left. And um, there's a corner like right on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love your play by play. And I'm also standing here. I'm going to act. <laughs> I, out. Know, I know. Baker takes the snap and immediately looks towards where you would be looking if you're going to throw a fade pass. Uh-huh. And I thought that's what it was going to be. And he looked that way and he kind of cocked his arm. And Mike gave the corner a quick step like he was going to run that way. Yep. And then cut back to the middle of the field, and Baker threw it to him there, and it was perfect. And he and caught it, it. And it played just like the other one. It played off something that had happened before, in this case, many times. Mm-hmm. you got to worry about And I'm sure there will be another time when we'll line up, and he actually will run the fade. Right. No, but, now you got to decide, are you going to go to the fade, or are you going to do gonna that? Which is he going to do, right? Yes. So now, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game of you, it's a mind game. You create doubt on the defense. And in this particular case, you probably just, the guy didn't doubt it at all when Mike took a step out no. there and that's why it worked so well. Yeah. And then he cut back to the middle and it was, it was actually the same. 
It ended up being the same route on the one he dropped uh-huh. against Tennessee. Yeah. Um, it was like the same exact same spot on the field. Yes, that so, was that was great. I feel like, aside from some red zone issues, although he did score two red zone touchdowns in this game, yeah. the but offense. How, but we we uh, uh, go we, ahead. We fumbled one in the red zone, and then we had a no, pick no. The in fumble red, wasn't in the red. It zone. wasn't in the red. The zone. pick was in the red zone. Okay. We turned it over on downs once. Yeah. Oh. So, I don't know if this if everybody in the world would agree with me, but I know some of the people I were talking to around the game and around here, I feel like I'm seeing the offense. I feel confident that the offense can move the ball. I No question. I know I, we lost 27 to 14. No, 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 no. But, but you, you are also going against a pretty good team. Yeah. Very good. And team. this was a measuring stick because you were trying to figure out where, you, where you're going to lay with these bit with, with what you would call the top tier teams. And right now we're not in the top tier category yet. You can't um, say it because the, the the big ones in the a- NFC that we've had to face. Right. Philly, Detroit. Nine, Philly's got nine and one. San Francisco's now seven and three. And Detroit's eight and two. And each of those teams beat us by double-digit points. Yes. So you can't in good conscience say the Bucks are in that tier. Right. But this, is, this was one of those that you're coming off the Tennessee game and you're saying, okay, we feel like we're starting to come together again, yeah. and here we go. It was a tough draw right after that. <laughs> well, it's a very tough draw after that. But, you know, you play the schedule where it lays. But I, I do, um, you know, it just is frustrating in the fact that you had your opportunities and you didn't capitalize yeah. on those. And I think all teams say that. But in this particular instance, it was like, holy smokes, they're hanging with these guys. Yeah. You do wonder, though. How there were stretches of that game where San Francisco's offense was doing whatever it wanted. Well, and they've done that to other teams. The quarterback had a perfect rating. Yeah, which everybody after the game was like, "That's the first time since 1990." I'm like, "No, there's no that happens a couple times a year." It was the first time it happened for the 49ers, right? Like Joe Montana, John Montana, right? John Montana. Um, Who's John Montana? I'm just saying that. um, Yeah, there's a long way to go, though. And you wonder, did did San Fran's offense take the foot off the gas a little bit in the fourth quarter? I don't think Shanahan's that way. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. I I don't think they were going to show any play any play that they hadn't shown yet. Yeah. I think I think mm-hmm. they're they were running pretty much a you know nothing unusual. But we, we I just don't see them. The just, defense, the the calling card for them has always been. That they can scheme guys wide open, and we saw that over yeah, and over they, again. Yeah. We did not have a single pass defense in that game because most of the passes completions were to guys that were right. wide open. Right. And that, and then they got room for yak, and that's frustrating. Well, you you also have to feel though, you know, when when the Buccaneers scored like with four, in in within forty six seconds, something like that, they scored that touchdown. It only took like forty six seconds off the clock. Look at the fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter, end of the third. Two hours, two minutes and 26 seconds. Okay. But that's good to go 75 yards. Yeah, but what did it take off in the fourth quarter? Only like 30, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was only okay. 44 seconds right. into the fourth quarter. Right. So that particular instance, you're thinking, wow, there, you know, game. there's a lot of time. There's a lot of time. And then, then you stop them, if I'm not mistaken. You stop the 49ers. You get the ball back, and then you end up marching for five minutes but didn't get any points. Yeah. That was that was well. Most like I said, three drives in our last three drives all went into their territory. Yeah, we only had three possessions, not counting the kneel down yeah. one play. We only had three possessions in the first half. Yeah, and as Baker pointed, I was like, one of them, I fumbled on, in their territory. So then they came right back with a nice touchdown drive. But you know, 
That's what I'm saying. We only scored seven points in the first half, but we really only had one drive that didn't go. Yeah. So, you know, they were controlling the clock. They were doing Mm -hmm. these long, methodical drives. But back to what you were saying, I do believe the offense is moving forward. Yeah. Each week, I think the offense looks better, and that is something – to build on and i'm going to go back to before the season even started no one thought the buccaneers were going to be very good to begin with this year and especially on offense especially on offense and when you jump out to a record of three and one then every then the narrative changes like everybody needs to be a head coach and everybody you know but i do i do really firmly believe that each game you can see a new wrinkle in the offense you can see it gelling a little bit more um i mean I, i'm pretty happy with it Baker's been good. Yep. We've developed basically the five weapons, main five weapons for him. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of Devin Tompkins here and there, who I think sure. is best on end arounds. Yeah. Um, but you, Mike and Chris, obviously, Trey Palmer. Well, how about Chris doing that jet sweep? That yeah, 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 yeah. Good for him. Mike and Mike and Chris. Trey Palmer's been good enough as a third receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, some big plays, uh, and then Kate Otten. Right. Who's very reliable right. and makes and. And that game didn't he make some? He made a couple big plays down the seam. Kate Otten. Kate Otten. Yeah, but he got he got dinged because of the one in the end zone. Well, I can't remember what happened. On that he one. dropped the ball. Oh well, that's not good. Yeah, that was. You don't want that. That was the one that that was the one. You know, it's kind of like what Coach said on his show. You, you good, good, good. Something like that happens, and that kind of tarnishes the good. Yeah. But there, there's good there. You know, there's yeah. still good there. Yeah, there's a lot of good there. Man, McCaffrey. Uh, you know, and we usually used to shut him down when he was with. Uh, shut him down is a bit strong. I'm saying better in, against him than other teams did. Yeah, in Carolina. Yeah. Well, as somebody pointed out, I don't remember which coach pointed out last week. Is like, what's the difference? Well, in Carolina, they had like two studs. Yeah, on and, offense, and they got five. And they've got five <laughs> that you have to deal with. So it's a little bit different. Can he not be like the happiest guy ever? Like you traded me. Where did you trade me to? Or to a guy who's going to use me even better than I've been. Yeah. So now I'm in San. Oh, that's right. You guys are one and <laughs> eight or one, one, one and nine. nine. And uh, he should be happy with him for getting him out of there. Oh, I'm sure. Him this opportunity. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's just the thing about him that I. But I don't understand. Just a quick brief thing here. What would be the thought process of trading him? I think it was a contract thing. They, he, they'd signed him to a big deal, and then I think they had a little bit of buyer's remorse because for the next two years he kept getting hurt. Right. And you, it's always a risky maneuver to sign a running back to a really big deal. Sure. Because okay. often it hasn't Fair worked enough. out. And so when they had a chance to get out of it and get some good assets, they did. Yeah. Now, I still don't think it was a good move. No. But and I, I, can, and, I think and, that's why. And lucky for him, he's been healthy. Yeah, now he's healthy. Yeah. And um, I think the thing that I didn't realize about him that's such a big part of his game is he breaks so many tackles. Yeah. I mean, you think he's not the biggest guy in the world, and he's fast strong. and shifty. He's got and really think, strong legs. He just breaks tackles like every every run. Yeah. Keeps, you, you can't he, get him on an arm tackle. Yeah, he keeps churning. Yeah, he's he. I thought he was extremely impressive in that mm-hmm. game. They're a good football team. I mean, the fact that they lost three games, I looked back and they they didn't have their their star guys playing. And they're their Debo and, and Trent Williams yep. especially. They were out. They were back for our game though. Sure. Well, of course. But but I will say it was a nice day. The reason why I brought up, I wouldn't normally, it was a very nice day. It was. I mean, you know, you got to look for your positives. The reason why I, I made a point of bringing up Tristan Wirfs' okay. sack allowed is because it, you can say it this way, 
it's the first sack he's allowed all season. And it was after just after he got hurt. So right. that underscores how good of a year he's had. And hopefully we'll continue. Isn't that, that amazing, though? I mean, that left tackle. Th- th- that's what I'm saying. It, 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 he's a freak. It, that's just that's just a freak of athletic, athleticism. 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 Yeah. I would say so. Um, what? Uh, there's lots of different things here I could go to. Um, well, let's just talk about some of the milestones. Okay. Um, Levante did it. He passed Rondé Barber uh-huh. and is now second all-time in tackles yes. was, in franchise history. Was great. And it was cool the way it happened because he needed two tackles. He needed one to tie him and two to pass him. And he, he got the tackle on like the first play of the game. And uh-huh. it was a tackle for loss, which is his calling card. And then about three or four plays later, he got a sack. Right. And uh, and that was the one that, that put him into second place. Yeah. It's incredible that Rondé Barber had a cornerback, had 1,428 tackles. But now Levante's passed him. He's not catching Derrick Brooks. No. He's still like 700 behind Derrick Brooks, so... Not quite, but close to 700. Yeah, even if you got 200 a year, that's another four <laughs> years. You know, right? that, was the, that was not good math. No. Well, I 700, so, yeah. I guess so to pass him, To right? pass him, if you went two, three years would be six, and a fourth year would be 100. That, that, that math was there, Scott. <laughs> it's not always your strong suit. I understand, but it was there. So when it is, I'm calling it. He's um, 10 tackles away now from 100, which would be the 10th time he's done that. And only Derek Brooks had more with 12. Um, and, o- and only three players since 2000 have had, he would be the third to have had 10, 100 tackle seasons. Wow. Um, uh, Bobby Wagner's one of them. I can't think of the other one. Um, I mean, Levante's great. And did you know, did you, you know, he got a sack, like I said, did you know yep. he's actually also 10th in team history in sacks? No. Really? You, you wouldn't think that, would you? No. He's got 32 career sacks. That ranks 10th. We're just one behind Brad Culpepper and... Oh, he, he, could, me? he could get there. He could get there. Well, I hope he can get one more sack in his career, especially the way we blitz. Yeah. Yeah, we we blitz a lot. Uh-huh. Do or die. Uh, he ahead. is one behind both Brad Culpepper and Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh. And only two and a half behind Chidi Ahanatu. So it's Maybe, reasonable to think he sure. could finish his career seventh in team history in, wow. in, in sacks and second in tackles. He's he's had a he's had a good number of interceptions in his career too. Yeah, we, I think they have in their um, press release in their game they, release. They, they, they being the communications department. Uh-huh. I think they have in their weekly game release a page on Levante that highlights him comparing him to other linebackers. And the title here says Hall of Fame caliber. I was just going to say they should be measuring him for a. Uh, for yeah, a but it, the problem is he won Pro Bowl. Yeah, and, and the, so, but a lot problem. of that, but that a lot of that is he played on teams that weren't doing very well. I think more so was just the positional things. For a very yeah. long time, he was called an outside linebacker, right? And um, that lumped him in with three, four outside linebackers who got sacks. So it was always the three, four outside linebackers with ten sacks that got the Pro Bowl, right? Um, it didn't matter what Levante did; they wouldn't put him in the Pro Bowl. And he, he had a season where he was first-team All-Pro, and he was not voted into the Pro Bowl. That's ridiculous. So voters, however many years from now, are going to go, yeah, but was he ever considered one of the best in the game in his position? I mean, only made one Pro Bowl. He absolutely has been considered one of the best of his game. But look at all the other numbers, though. They're amazing. Look, look, they list here, they list his numbers within those of 
these these um, linebackers: Zach Thomas, Hall of Fame; mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, Hall of Fame. Yep. Der- uh, Bobby Wagner, probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Good shot. Derek Brooks, Hall of Fame. <laughs> Junior Seau, Hall of Fame. Brian Erlecker, Hall of Fame. Lance Briggs, Luke Keekley, uh-huh. um, and Patrick Willis. Those I'd are all incredible. Those are linebackers that everybody thinks are absolutely incredible. Yeah, right? that's pretty good company. His numbers. Pick pick one. Tell tell me a guy out of the ones I just said. Pick what? What do you mean? Name one of the linebackers I just said. Because he compares differently to different ones. Junior sales. Okay, junior sales. He has more tackles than junior sales. He has not as many sacks. He has almost the exact same number of interceptions. He has way more forced fumbles, and he has more fumble recoveries. All right, how about Brian Erlacher? Brian Erlacher. He has almost 300 more tackles than Erlacher. See, now that, because I was surprised Erlacher made it. Into the Hall of Fame. I wasn't surprised at all. I was surprised nope. he was the first ballot guy. Okay. Uh, he he has 12.5 fewer sacks. He has fewer interceptions than Erlacher, but he's got way more forced fumbles and more fumble recoveries. So there's a shot. How about uh, wh- how about Ray Lewis? Ray oh, Lewis. Guy from Lakeland. One of the yeah. best linebackers of all time. All right. Agreed? Yeah. He has... He will have more tackles than Ray Lewis when he's done because he's only about 50 behind him. Uh-huh. He has more sacks than Ray Lewis. He doesn't have any – Ray Lewis has got him by a long shot in interceptions. Yeah. He's way more forced fumbles, and he's way more fumble recoveries. Really? No, I would not think that. It's Zach Thomas. I mean, I, you can pick any one of these, and in, in all of them, he compares them, he'll, he'll have more in several categories than all of them. But I don't think – because he I don't think it's it, going to be there. Yeah, because, because all the other, who knows this? Right. I mean, when the time comes, we will definitely be doing. Oh trumpeting yeah, yeah, this. sure, sure. But, but the, the average fan is not jumping out. Levante you know. David definitely, like that page says, is Hall of Fame caliber. Yep. I'm concerned that he's not going to get the consideration he deserves. Right. But let's enjoy it while it lasts, and then five sure. years after that, we'll do everything we then can. Then we'll help. argue about we'll it. We'll try really, really hard. All right, that's fair. Okay, okay, and then Mike Evans. We mentioned he caught a touchdown pass. He, he did. So that's eighty. Eight. Yep. And now he's tied for 15th. Isn't that weird to think mm. that this guy that we know, that that works here, and we've known him for about a decade now, there's yeah. only 14 players in, in the Better history of the NFL him. that have yeah. scored more, that have caught more touchdown passes than him. Only yeah. 14 That's in the pretty... history of the NFL. And pretty years. soon he'll be ahead of several more of them. Right. So this time he moved out of a tie with Andre Reid into a tie with mm-hmm. Don Maynard, a Hall of Famer, yep. who's not from our time. Um, I think the Jets, right? Yeah. He's still um, – now he's three behind Devontae Adams, who can Devon, continue. Yeah, who to, can keep going because he's playing. And um, uh, yeah. who else? Another well, hope, hopefully it's this weekend. He, Isaac he, Bruce. He, he makes a few moves. He'd have to get three to move up another spot. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> he's done it before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's He's due for a game like that. A three-touchdown game? Yeah. You're asking for a lot. Though. I know, but if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> just marking off the things we I know. About. I see this. You have a big piece of paper over there. We were talk- We were just talking about McCaffrey. Uh-huh. And we've also, along the way here, talked about how good the 49ers are scheming the guy's opener. Yeah. His touchdown pass, his touchdown catch, uh, the play design was incredible. It was incredible. And I... And, and I was reading an article. I thought about that at the time. Uh-huh. And then I was reading an article yesterday that specifically brought up that play and the other plays it was based on. And and it's it's been a play that some teams have started to use a little bit. When you throw a pass to a running back, often you flare them out, right? Right. Or you throw them a little quick screen underneath. 
this case, they got him out into the field, but he was lined up to um, uh, Purdy's left. Mm -hmm. And right before the snap, he started hopping to his left like he was going to leak out that way. Right. But at the snap, he came back to the right, and he didn't run around the line. He ran right between the center and the, and the right guard, and there was a scene between those two and the players they were blocking. He ran right through that, and then all the rest of the action from yep. the pass catchers was going right to left, and that was just picking off defenders and making it. I don't know. It was probably Devin that was supposed to cover yep. him. Yeah. He had no shot. He no. couldn't get through all the traffic to even come close to catching up. All he got to do was watch him go by. It was just great. Great play design that I think would have beaten every linebacker in the league. Yeah. Except maybe Fred Warner. Maybe. Who's so well, very. <laughs> He's just the best coverage linebacker in the league. Yep. So I, I was really impressed by that. And uh, I'd like to see us run a play like that. Well, you know, there's no secrets in the NFL. It's it could, a copycat it, league. Yeah, it could crop up. All right. You cross, cross, cross. I'm crossing stuff off. Yep, I've already yep. talked about it. We don't. Um, how about Yaya? We didn't really yeah, talk look, a whole lot. Yeah, that's a good Let's one. Let's talk about Yaya. Because we bit. don't have a lot of questions this week. Okay, that's fine. Let's talk a little bit about Nora Yaya. Guest. Yeah. Well, it's kind of hard with Thanksgiving weekend. and in fact, They're doing turkey time right now. Yeah, they're doing turkey time with the O-line. Which is cool. Which is very cool. And then that uh, props to the O-line and the uh, offensive line coaches uh, all donating. Also to uh, Publix and Tico for being sponsors. It's the 17th year for that. Can you believe that? That's incredible. Started originally by Davin Joseph and Jeremy Trueblood. Yep. And it's the tradition has continued. It has passed on. Someone's picked it up. And uh, I think Tristan's the lead dog on that one now. So makes sense. We he's, like he's that. a captain. Yep. They just sent out the. Uh, I know the schedule for the, the media schedule. Yeah, yep. and everything's why, earlier, which well, is cool. That was the the next thing is we we're just got what I was going to say before I got on the turkey time with the O line. Um, yeah, there's basically they're going to get all the the coordinators for those for those that don't know, the head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and your quarterback all have to talk to the media during the week. And usually it's Wednesdays and Thursdays. And this week, they're putting everybody on Wednesday, <laughs> which which is going to be a busy day tomorrow. But gosh, golly, maybe Thursday, it's going to be a limited day, which we, we appreciate. Yeah, they get them out of here quickly. So yep. they go home and have Thanksgiving dinner with yep. their families. Yep, going to have practice earlier. So that afternoon, you get home just about the time. Second quarter of that first game will be on. So that'll be a plus. I love watching football on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because there's nothing else to do besides eat. All right, so you wanted to talk about Yaya. Yes. So talk about him. Well, I'm just I am just very very impressed with how fast he is and and that he is being able to get over there and he's got that strong rush. He's, he's strong. He's very strong rush, and um, I'm happy to see him get in and not only get in, but actually get a sack, make things happen, and now you have to account for him. <clears throat> And it, with, with Vita Vea being in there and Yaya being in there, I, all of a sudden things could change very, very quickly. Now the question is, how many snaps can he take? I think he can take a good number of snaps. Yeah. It went down this week, which for some reason everybody was up in arms about. It fluctuates from week to week. Yeah. I mean, just last week he had the second most snaps of right. all the outside linebackers. This week, no. But next week it might be 40 snaps again. It's just it's how the game flows. Yeah. He had one sack early, and he had his second one late. So it wasn't like he was, you know, he was dominating early, and we, we yeah, refused they, to put him back on the field. Right. But whatever. Um, Got to have something to talk about. Uh, yeah, he's looked great. He's had four sacks in his last four games. Which is, think about that. 
four, four sacks in his last four games. Yeah. He's now only one behind the rookie leader in sacks. There you go. So you draft Kalija Kansi. Yep. Who we think is going to be a real big impactful player. And then you get in the third round, you get a guy that, whoa, well, found something here. Yeah. Yeah. And you have you have those three together. I can go through the through our history and finding impactful edge rushers in the middle rounds is almost it won't take it, it almost never happens. There won't be a lot of names popping it, you up. You either have to spend a premium first round pick on them, usually a high first round pick, you know. Mm-hmm. Or you have to find one in free agency. But let's just talk about the draft. Yeah. You know, you have to find who have our best pass rushers been? Leroy Selman, yep. first pick in the draft. Yeah, Warren Sapp. Something like the eighth or ninth pick in the draft, 10, 12, something like that. I thought it was 18th. No, no, no it was no lower than 12. No, Brooks was 28. Uh, I oh, thought he – oh, he Jeff. dropped. He did to, to, to 28. 12, to... Sap dropped to 12. Okay. Brooks dropped to 28. All right. If you want a reminder of the history. Sure. Remind us. Um, we originally were picking, I don't know, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the top seven. Uh-huh. And I believe it was with the Eagles we traded because they wanted to come up, come up and get Mike Mamula. Um, and Warren Sapp's uh, draft stock, even though he's considered an incredible player, yep. had dropped a little bit. Due to rumors. Rumors that wasn't very fair to him. Right. Um, and so the Bucks thought they could move back and get him, and? which they did. Okay. So you get some... What, what exactly? Let's look at it exactly. This was 1980, 1995? Yeah. Okay. The Buccaneers were at seven. All right. They traded back to 12 with the Eagles, who wanted Mike Mamula, who, if you remember, was sure. the uh, workout warrior, combine yep. warrior. The, the original No, defensive nope. lineman, edge rusher. But he was the original combine warrior who puts up ridiculous numbers, and he gets drafted really high despite his production. But he gets a little bit of a rap because he was not a bust. Yeah. He actually had a decent career. Sure. Um. And they got for it a second-round pick, which became Melvin Johnson, uh, another second-round pick, which became which we traded, and then and that's what we got for, and we gave back a third-round pick yeah. to move from seven down to twelve. Okay. Then we take um, Warren Sapp at twelve. All then right. so it was twelve. A player we very much coveted, Derek Brooks, was dropping because at the time he was considered small for a linebacker. Isn't that funny? Uh, and so. Uh, the Bucks used one of those picks that they got in the trade down for Sap and in. packaged it within their own second round pick, moved back up to twenty eight, and got Derek Brooks two Hall of Famers in one round. Yeah, the most masterful couple hours of right. Rich McKay's career. Yes, I mean two he's had Hall a great, of Famers, great NFL yeah. career, but that has to be the top hour. Yeah, right? well, I mean, come on, really? How many times do you get to pick two first Hall of Famers? I think it's happened. I, I know the Bears did it with. Um, who was that running back? The little one. The little one. The, you mean? He wasn't very big. He was not very big. He wasn't very big. He's, but he's a Hall of Famer. Sweetness? No. A small. <sighs> you say a Bears running back. Yeah. The only yeah, person. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's, it's somebody. Some people are screaming at the podcast <laughs> right now. Going, Gail Sayers. Oh, Gail Sayers. They're oh, screaming. D- you know, Gail Sayers. Oh, you're going way, way back. Yeah, but it happened. Yeah. I'll show, I'm. Calling up, it was it yeah. Butkus and Sayers? Yeah, and he only played for like. Yeah, his career was short. very short because. But of, he still of his made needs. the Hall of Fame. He did. Yep. What year yep. was that? 67, 68? Well, that's why we didn't get it. Okay, so they drafted Chicago drafted Dick Butkus third and Gail Sayers fourth uh, in nineteen. 
65. And they both went to the Hall of Fame. Mm. I think there might have been one other instance, but that's the one I can think of off the top of my head. But it's still incredible. But anyway, how did we get into that? We got into it because of getting an edge rusher in the third round. Yeah, if you get – well, maybe some other teams have been – we have not. Mm -hmm. We either have to spend a top pick on them, and that's why I was going through Leroy Selman, Warren Sapp. And then I sidetracked him. Simeon Rice, we didn't draft him, but he was like the third overall pick. Um, Gerald McCoy. Yep. What, third overall pick? Yep. the best was he third or second overall? Third because Indomitian Sue went second and Sam Bradford went first. Oh, yeah. yeah. The two Oklahoma guys went one, yeah, yeah. three. I forgot. Was Indomitian Sue the Nebraska guy in the middle? Hmm. Uh, did I ever tell you my Sam Bradford story? No. Is it good? So it was <laughs> the morning after. I'll the, be the judge of that. I was up at the draft. We used to go to the draft every now and then to cover it, particularly if we got a high pick. So we were up there in New York uh, back when the draft was in New York every year. And uh, we obviously we drafted Gerald McCoy. Um, I was supposed to get him to the airport the next day. Yeah. And I get to the hotel very early because it was an early flight to pick him up. And he's not down in the lobby. And I asked to call up to his room. And there's no answer. Uh-huh. And um, I saw Sam Bradford in the lobby. And I figured, okay, they just were Oklahoma teammates. It's not unreasonable to ask Sam Bradford if he might know where um, Gerald is. Gerald is. <laughs> he he couldn't have blown me off worse. Really? I mean, he didn't know the answer, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, but he big time me, big time. And I wasn't really? wasn't trying to get an autograph. Wasn't trying to talk to him. Just thought maybe he might know where Gerald McCoy is. And yeah, so I've never been a big Sam Bradford fan. No. Wow. But he made a sh- a, a metric ton of money in the NFL. Yes, he did. Because he was right before they cut, they put in that rookie wage scale. Yep. Before, lucky dog. Before the NFL. And good for him for that. Yep. The NFL went, wait a minute, we're paying people all this money and they never played it down before? <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's something wrong with this theory. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm saying, you sometimes you come across one like uh, who's good for a while, like um, Mar- Marquise Smith. What? Oh. Marquise Smith, wasn't that his name? You might find an undrafted guy like John Randall. Yeah, yeah. I but see what you're saying. in between... Getting a productive pass rusher in the third round is, is at least for us, is right. very uncommon. So if that works out, it's working out so far. And not only that, but in his rookie year, he's doing so. Yeah, well. he has. Well, he's already got. He's already only two behind the third best rookie sack season we've ever had. Wow. Gaines Adams had six. Adrian Claiborne had seven point five, and Santana Dodson, who well, by Clint the way, who was a fifth round pick, yeah, had ten in ninety two. Had ten. Well, he's got a shot. There's still what. Seven games Seven left. Seven games left. If, if he got the 10 sacks, yeah. now, now is a home run of a pick. There so you go. We're, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves there. Well, you know, it's the holiday season in a few days. But I guess that's my point. Third, Second place was Agent Claiborne, a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Third place is Gaines Adams, a first-round pick. Right. So did I say first-round pick for Adrian? Because that's what I meant. Yeah. First-round pick. First-round pick. So the, so what you're basically saying is the scouting department's been on target a few times. They did a good job on they that one, at one. least yep. from the early returns. Yep. So I like it. Uh, so, yeah, Yaya's playing great. Um, he's also a very pleasant guy to be I, around. That was the next thing I was going to say. <laughs> he's he's very, very nice. The Marquise Watts story, he did get after his first chance to play, and he had uh-huh. a nice game and on 11 snaps against Tennessee. They decided to keep him active over Cam Gill. Right. Which I was a tad surprised by because Cam plays so much on special teams. But I guess Marquise Watts just took all his special team stats. Yeah. Snaps. Uh, three, he had three snaps. 
so you can't say a ton. But I literally wrote down during the game on this note sheet, uh, there was, and I talked to Andrew Holman next to me, and he agreed that uh, Marquis Watts had one of his snaps. He had just an excellent pass rush. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, really good. He was there. But Purdy got the ball off, as he did all yeah. day. Yeah, and who, he's pretty good. So, so I just thought, okay, yeah, he's he's showing again, but he only played three snaps. Well, there's that's, I think that's what keeps all the, um, not hope, but you know, it there's a lot of promise moving forward when you start seeing that. All right, you want to pivot now to something that pissed me off? Uh, well, geez, what could that possibly be? Why were there not flags thrown on all those late hits out of bounds? Oh, they were blatant. Yes. Guy, yes. There were guys that weren't contacted. I get it. Sometimes it looks like a late hit, yep. and then you see it, and it's like, he's already starting to make contact. Yeah. Why is going to – I get that. This was ones where our guy went out of bounds before contact, was clearly out of bounds. Right. And got hit. That had to happen at least three times. Yeah, and the one time they threw a flag, they picked it they up. They picked it up. But in fairness to them, it was because the guy that got flagged on was pushed into him. Whatever. So, but I, I agree. Was that true? Did you go back and yes, look at I it? Yes, I looked at that, and, and and in that one I went, okay, I can see why they did that. But you're absolutely correct. It was very, very questionable on. I think there on was one, I think there was one in that should have been called against us, too. Yes. It's like yeah. they, they decided not to call that particular penalty all day. Uh, yeah, there's there are struggles. And then I was complaining about one that um, we had one earlier in the game where I think our defender blatantly did, interfered but yeah. it wasn't called right and then we had one kind of towards the end when things were desperate uh-huh. i don't remember exactly who it was i think maybe it was on mike it was okay so he looked like he got absolutely mugged he and i'm was. going how is that i'm not yelling because i'm yeah. impressed how is that not a penalty and then somebody goes they said they heard the broadcast the ball was tipped yeah and if if you don't have yeah if the ball wasn't tipped if you don't happen been. to know the rules it, once the ball is tipped there's no pass interference right um you can you can do whatever you drag want. the guy to the ground if you want to which is a weird rule in a way. Well, not really, because once the ball's tipped, it's no longer it's it's touched another player, so it's a free ball for anybody. Well, it's already a free ball for anybody. Yeah, but 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 it changes it changes in the fact of anybody can catch it now. Correct. Yeah, but when you're talking about the cornerback and the the receiver, they were already eligible to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. So right, I don't know. it's a I think it's a weird rule. Yep. Well, at least there is one. Oh, hey. and they got it right. One thing that was good. What? And we knew this going in because we were there last year. Was the candy bar? <laughs> <laughs> it was the candy island? Pretty much everything in that press box yeah. was uh, was nice. Things that you liked? No, it's just yeah. they had uh, they have a little island where they've got lots of candy. You can, you can like, pour out of the tubes, like, yeah. jelly bellies. You know what? Or, the, you know what but the, they also like, boxes of they, Mike and Ike's and stuff like that. Yeah, but the best part about all that candy, which I like, is... They have little bags off to the side. So you t- open mm-hmm. up your little bag and you turn the little crank and it puts your stuff in and you can mix it all up. <laughs> you so you like have a little old time candy. Yeah, store? you got a little variety pack. In and then the, you don't even have to go get it weighed and pay for it. Well, it's free. Listen, and, and I made my little thing, got everything I wanted. And then, you know, throughout the game during breaks. Oh, I think I'll have some M&M's. Oh, I think I'll have one of these. Uh, They had malted milk balls, too. I didn't even see that. Oh, yes. And um, they got these hot things there. Red red Hots? No, they're they're like Red Hots. Oh, Hot Tamales. Hot Tamales. I like Hot Tamales. I know. Yep. They're basically like Mike and Ike's in terms of shape and consistency, but they taste like cinnamon. Yeah, and I I got a box of those. Um, 
But you know what my favorite thing was? Uh-huh. Other than the candy bar, or the candy island. Um, I thought during the national anthem, the flyover was really awesome. Helicopters? Yes. And the reason why is because we were, we were up that high. Mm-hmm. And um, to hit the uh, home of the brave, they slowed up a little bit. You could see them slowing up to come oh. over. And then when they came over... That was cool because it was almost eye leveled. It was a timing thing, huh? It was very much so. I thought that was very, very cool because that was the last um, um, veteran salute to service game. Oh, okay. That's what that was. In fact, I actually took a picture of of the helicopters because it was that cool. Well, back to the candy thing, there was a funny moment because one of the candies in boxes was um, uh, Chewy Sweet Tarts. You ever had those? No. They're a little, little, they're a little round. They're not a disc like a regular sweet tart. Okay. They're a little round. They're chewy, as the name yeah. would suggest. And they're really good. And Brie was very, Brianna Dix, the um, team writer reporter, uh, she was very happy to see those because she's very fond of them. So she had the, she'd been looking forward to it. She waited until a certain point in the game. And she opened the box, had a few, and then promptly spilled the whole box on the floor. <laughs> it was pretty, Why am I not surprised by hilarious. this? It was um, hilarious. It was hilarious. And she was... Were those, was, were those the boxes that were in front of every media person? No, no. Put, what, 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 what were those? They, that, no, they put bags of, like, Chex Mix and stuff. Oh. I, I wasn't into that. It was nice of them to do so, but yeah. I wasn't into it. Um, no, these are like those little rectangular boxes like you see at okay. Walgreens. Uh, like three of them for sure. $5 or whatever. Right. And she was so bummed. It was cute. She was so bummed because they were out of them. Uh-huh. And oh. they, I went over to the island to see if there, nope, there wasn't any more. And then later I went back and they'd replenished them. So I kind of snuck over and put the box ah, in front of her. And she was made happy. it happen. She was happy again. There you go. Very good. That's being a team <laughs> I player. I grabbed a box of Mike and Ike's. Yep. I actually, are, during the game. What are Mike and Ike's? They're chewy fruit candy. Oh, okay. They're shaped exactly like hot tamales. Oh, okay. But they're like red, yellow, green. Okay. Orange. All right. Well, I took that home with me, but I got one of those little bags you're talking about and yeah. got the Jelly Bellies uh-huh. because that's the best way. I'm not going to go buy a bag of those because they're expensive as candies go. Yeah. And they're famously the flavor. You can get a bomb flavor yeah. that you really you don't, don't like. Want. But in this like, one, you Oh, it looks cho- like lemon and it's yeah. butter popcorn and, and it's you, gross. And you could choose this. This one, I can choose the ones I like and then just toss the rest and I didn't have to pay for it. Now, them. did you put it in the bag? Yeah. I did. And you took it home? No, no. I, uh, I ate a few. I ate a like... I didn't go crazy. I yeah. ate some during the game and then just tossed what I See, did. See, what I also did is I took the bag and I folded it over, and then we have this really strong um, duct. It's not duct tape. It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's like duct tape, but it's. Goose tape? No. It. Um, I know it's not duck. It's duct. It, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, Although I think there's a brand of duct tape called there is, duct tape. It is. Um, it's, anyways, it doesn't. It. it Undones, uh, undones. It you can pull it up where <laughs> it undones. Anyways, it's 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 adhesive, but you can remove it. Correct. Thank you. Okay, you're a wordsmith. Yeah. So um, kind of do that for a living. So I put the um, I talk for a living. Yeah. You would be yeah, shocked would by think. this, right? Um, so I put it in the you bag. Talk for recreation too. Let's be let's be fair. That's true. I put in a bag and then I took it and I taped it. So I could take it home with me. What was in it? M and M's. I'm not. That, yeah. I'm not that into. I M&Ms. love M and M's. Just the regular ones, not um, the peanut ones. Not the pe- well. I like both, but this was just M and M's. And the good news was they were in my briefcase. And yesterday, when I was really t- feeling tired from the red eye flight back, I remembered. So I had a sugar high. Oh, okay. I got my M and M's. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Good for you. 
I'm just looking out my window now, and it reminded me that you've been in that office the whole time you've uh, been here. You mean beep, yeah. beep. So the Christmas I, lights are going up. I'm just in my second season in this office uh-huh. right next to yours, yep. which is um, they are facing the front of the building on the second floor, uh, basically to the, just to the left of the lobby. There's a huge football outside. So the front of the, of the Advent Health Training Center, um, famously every year, the owners – have them install red lights yeah. on all the seams. It's a, it's like a football. The, yeah. fr- the front half of it is, is depicted by the seams. It's not a full. Correct. So you can see in or see yeah. out. Yeah. The, it's all glass. glass. It's glass, but with metal beams. Yeah. Depicting they, a football. They put strings of red lights along all those beams. And then when it starts at Thanksgiving, right? Yep. So through the holiday season, it, every night they light it up. Yep, they'll so, wait. Yes. So this week and maybe a little bit last week, I don't remember, is the time when they're putting those lights on because they yeah. take them, they put them on and take them off every year. They don't leave them up all year. Nope. Which means that Jeff and I <laughs> all <the> day <laughs> there's a big one of those big green lifts or booms or whatever you yep. call it that they're using to raise up the people who are working. And every time those machines move, they give the warning beep. And that's back up, forward, or up and down. Yeah, it doesn't. it's not even rolling. It's just the arms moving yeah. up and down. It's constant beep, 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 like but, all day. But you know what that tells me? It's holiday season. Holiday season's coming. The and end I, result is great, but working through the beeps is not my favorite. And part. I totally appreciate the fact that they're not putting it up at, uh, um, just before Halloween. They're not putting it. They're waiting. It'll light up after Thanksgiving. They're sticking to it the way it should be. <laughs> the way it, you celebrate the will it start Christmas on Thanksgiving holiday. or like the next week? I, I'm pretty sure it starts like right on Thanksgiving. Okay. That makes yeah, sense in that period of time. Maybe tonight because they have to test it to see if all the tubes are working. Tubes. So you're gonna have that. All right. What else you got? I don't, I don't really have anything. All right. Well, I, I have a note. I here. will say this. I will say this. As disappointing as the as uh, you were hoping the record would be at this stage of the game, the team's still in it. For and, sure, one game out. And one game out. And um, y- you know, you need to get on a roll right now. Time's yeah. time is starting. So there's only seven games. Yeah, left. there's only seven. Maybe you could afford to lose one. You know, um, that's according to my math. But as Scott says, my math is never very good. Well, let's so. just—I I don't like looking at it that way. No, what I well, look at you is don't. what no. do you look at on who you think you should well, win. I well, think, that, that no, a, not that, not that, not okay. not saying we have to win six or seven or something like that. Okay, I don't see the point in that because we don't know how it's all going to unfold. Correct. So, my point would be, as you noted correctly, we're only one game out of first place right now, and everybody's gotten their bye now. Okay. Right. Next week, the Buccaneers play at Indy. Who do yeah. the Saints play? They play Atlanta. Okay. So you have to. So one of those two teams is going to have a game, yeah. another game up on you if you don't win. Yeah, I'm just saying. Instead of thinking it like you got to win six or seven, uh-huh. let's see what happens this week. Okay. If the let's say the Bucks win, yep. which I think we got a shot. Uh, the injuries are concerning. Yeah. But I think that our team is as good. You can run with these guys. Um, let's say Atlanta beats New Orleans, which isn't crazy. No. They're only a game back in New Orleans. I know they which, have quarterback issues. Which we we all will be hoping for. We will be rooting for Atlanta for one of the few times in our lives. Yep. Um, Even though they have a game on us because they beat us. Right. But still. This would help. We would like to see New Orleans come back. Yeah. If that happened. Let's, so let's wait and see what happens. If sure. that happens, now you're tied for first uh-huh. with two other teams. Yeah. With six to go. 
Yep. Okay, so, and you play four more games against in your the division. division opponents, including two against one and nine, one and nine Carolina, which I'm not taking for granted. Don't get me no, wrong. No, no. Um, Carolina beat Houston. Right. I'm not taking them for granted. In yeah. Any how, way. Do, how do you, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how does that Arizona work? Arizona beat Dallas. I know, but you look at that, and, and they beat them, and then we play them, and they haven't lost since. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make any sense. But I think that shows you that there's a lot of – the talent level is very level yeah. in the NFL, and there's a few standout teams. I mean, obviously, the 49ers and Eagles are loaded. Uh-huh. The Chiefs have issues, but they have Patrick Mahomes and actually a really good defense. Well, year. you know, I, that game last night, watching that, they drop passes in drop the end passes. zone. It kind of it didn't make me feel better, but it made me go. Ah, even it happens. It just happens, you know. Guys, have a it. Just, it it's we don't need to do an extended Chiefs discussion here. No. But last year, they traded Tyree Kill, and everybody's worried that they wouldn't be able to win. They didn't have the receiving talent, right? But because Patrick Mahomes is who he is, they made it work, and they were awesome. Their offense was t- statistically even better than when they had Hill, and they won the Super Bowl, right? This year, though, they didn't really – an analyst would say, looking at what they did, they, what did they do to fix the receiver issue? This year, they're not overcoming it. No. I mean, they're 7-3, and three, so sure. you know, alarm yeah. bells aren't going off. For them, they're struggling. But you know what's funny is after the game was over with, um, Patrick Mahomes was walking to the sideline, and he took his sweatbands off, and he threw it to a fan. True story. The fan dropped <laughs> He's cursed. I saw I, I saw a clip on that, and I said, even the fans can't catch his ball. <laughs> That's how you know you're having they a say bad night. They say there's some quarterbacks, <coughs> excuse me, didn't get the cuff button, who throw it so hard that sometimes they are a little harder to catch. But yeah. I don't think that's the case with Mahomes. I no. don't think he's throwing it too hard. No. Those are just bad drops. Yeah. Yeah, it was well, the, I, who was it? MVS who had the one that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that was a floater, and that was a floater. I mean, you're like, it's a beautiful. Pass. Oh my gosh, this game's over. Yeah. He's going, you know. But wow. you got to make the play. All right, well, all right. What else? I but, don't have anything but, else. But I do believe, yes, I do believe that this could be an interesting game with the Colts, and the Colts are are battling too right now. So they're trying to come out. So, and at least it's indoors because it's going to be like you know 40 degrees. So I'm happy about I, that. If you want, I could kill some time talking about my fantasy teams. They all won this week. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You talk about fantasy, and let me go get some more green tea. <laughs> all right. Instead, why don't we just go to the questions? Okay, let's which, go to the questions. I believe we only have two this week. All right. Which is a bummer. Well, it's the holidays. A lot's going on. Game was bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, it's like anything else. It's the ebbs and flows of the season, you know? Maybe this one is also new. Okay. Yeah, I guess it was. All right. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You're thinking? You're wondering? Oh, you know what? These are new. I didn't realize we had some from earlier. Uh huh. I don't. I don't have this email, so I don't. I have no idea what you okay. got in there. I think the. I think we have four. All right, go ahead. Because um, I don't think we did this one. If we did, remind me. All right. This is from a fan apparently in Alaska. Well, no, we haven't done Alaska. Name Rhett, Rhett Goodrich. Hey. Oh, he says he signs off as Rhett in print in quotation marks. Rhett the Squatch oh, Goodrich. So he gave good. us his nickname. That's a good nickname. Um, the Squatch. What, which part of Alaska does he say? I don't think so, but let me read the oh. question. Ahoy and quite literally shiver me timbers from frozen Alaska. <laughs> well done. Very well, well done. Well done. Kind of combined pirate talk with I, 
like the coldness. Yeah, Alaska. Have, I, you ever, have you ever, have you ever been to Alaska? I You've have. done a uh, uh, cruise, right? No. Oh, okay. I spent almost three weeks in Alaska. Three weeks. Yeah, driving around. Did you freeze your bippy off? Uh, it was. It started out that way. It was like in in April, and then in May, it was like the seasons were changing. Mm-hmm. Which was when when I got there, it was brown, and then when we left, it was green. Mm. It started to green. Um, so it was. It was it, nice. It is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's obvious. That that you OD on beautifulness. <laughs> that you're in the car and you go, if I go around this mountain again and there's this majestic view, I just want to die. <laughs> and you do, and, and it happens. And you'd be driving. I uh, on the way to uh, Valdez um, was going up the mountain. You go up and then you got to go down. And uh, it was a sunny, beautiful day, and we got to the mountains and it was a snowstorm. And then when we dropped wow. down, it was sunny again. Oh, man. All in, a, like, an hour drive. That's really cool. It is very, very cool. With Linda with? Mm-hmm. And the most, the most um, fascinating thing for me in Alaska, I know this is going to sound so dorky, the Alaskan pipeline. You know what that is? It's oil? The oil pipeline. Mm-hmm. I would stop and go up to the pipe and listen to it. It is it is phenomenal how they buried it, and then in certain parts it has to be up. How they built that in the seventies is mind boggling. And when we got to Valdez, they have a um, a museum, and they showed all the people working, and they would never shut the diesel trucks off because of how cold it was. If they shut them off, they wouldn't start again; they would freeze. <laughs> And so you have men or women people working on this pipeline through all of it. And if you're an Alaskan, I think that's what you would be. All right. Alaskan. An Alaskan? Yeah. Where where would the I come from? I don't know. They're Alaskans. Okay. Um, Alaskavites. They get get a a check every year from... Every Alaskan? mm Mm-hmm. If you're there, you get a, a resident. If you're a resident there, you get a check because of the... Because of how much... Um, the oil is generating in revenue. How about that for a little history lesson? Okay. All right. All right. Go. First off, let me say that I am a longtime listener of your show because you guys help keep me close to our frustrating but beloved Buccaneers. I like that. Okay. What? You you like that? I like that. Because he's still with us even though it's frustrating. It's frustrating right now, but we have been to the playoffs each of the last three years, won two division titles and won a Super Bowl. Right. How frustrating was that? Once you won a Super Bowl, you won it each and every year afterwards. Anyway, he was being nice, so I shouldn't nitpick. I listen to your podcast every week on my hour-long to and from work. Wow. And absolutely love the chemistry between the two of you. You compliment each other perfectly. Mm. Do you hear that, Peg? I know. I was going to say, must not be. I'm a retired Army veteran that was transplanted in Alaska and ended up falling in love with it. Ah, you just explained why that sure. would happen. I graduated in Bradenton. Wow. And was also stationed at McDill and volunteered on the pirate ship, he means at the stadium, oh, for wow. a couple of years in 2007 and eight. How cool is that? Which was one playoff season and one that should have been a playoff sure. season. Sure. Okay, my question. Boy, I didn't read these ahead of time, so I hope I'll right. answer. No, can, you're fine. Scott, can you please explain to me the reasoning behind the rule during the two-minute warning where only the original ball carrier can advance the fumble football after a fumble? I would have loved to see Tristan run that ball back for a touchdown and don't understand why he couldn't. Anyway, you guys are awesome, and I look forward to each and every forthcoming Salty Dogs podcast. Try to stay cool down there. 
<laughs> yeah, it was back in the 80s today. Yeah. We had a nice week. Mm-hmm. Like jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to. <laughs> Okay, well, first of all, he didn't run for a touchdown. He drove to work without the air conditioner on. <laughs> it was I, so cold. I usually drive with the windows open. Um, well, I mean, he didn't run for a touchdown. He, no. got, he got tackled. Right. I mean, the play happened. It just didn't count. I think he's confused because... No, I don't think he's confused. He just wants to know the reasoning. I always thought you couldn't advance the fumble no matter what time and of the clock. No, no, no. Only in the last two minutes. Only of in the last two. And okay. here's the reason why. Because of uh, the Raiders. It came from the holy roller play. Yeah. The Raiders had a play where it was the last play, and I guess the quarterback, I don't remember exactly how it went down. I can picture the ball bouncing. I guess the quarterback purposely fumbled the ball forward because why not? Uh I'm sacked, the game's over. Correct. And it rolled like 20 yards, bounced and rolled, and then a different Raiders player recovered in the end zone, and it was the game-winning touchdown. That was thought to be unfair. Uh And so they changed the rule. In In the last two minutes, if an offensive player fumbles the ball, anybody on the team can recover it to maintain possession, but only the original fumbler can recover it and advance it. Hmm. And that's to keep t- people from cheating. players in desperate situations from yeah. cheating by just purposely fumbling the ball forward. They don't want that to be an option. They don't want you to gain by doing something that, you know, purposely fumbling the ball. Right. The reason that it's not a penalty, I mean, the reason that that's not a rule Outside the last two minutes is because nobody would ever take the risk of personally fumb- fumbling purposely ball. fumbling the ball, just hoping that a team, your coach would kill you yeah, if you did that. That's a good explanation. Um, because you still have time. And, and if you fumble the ball, you don't know who's going to recover it. Yeah. So you would never risk that. So they don't have to worry about purposeful fumbles. I mean, obviously, Baker didn't purposely fumble the ball. Right. But he, that, it was still subject to that rule. Mm. Makes sense. Um, but they don't enforce the rule elsewhere because nobody would do that. No, that it's perfectly good sense. That that explains it all. Because why would you do that? Because you you're wouldn't. giving the ball to someone else. The possibility of giving the thing that is, ball. it was barely within the two minute warning. It was yeah. the it was literally the first, the second play run out of the first out after the two minute warning. There was one fifty two on the clock ah. on the snap. So he wouldn't have purposely fumbled no. with, with the ball at the. He had just run. Wait a minute, that's not the play. No. That was that was here it is yeah wait but he's got a call sheet that's what he's looking at that's it's called a box score Jeff I always thought it was play. I always thought it was the game where did book. that where did that happen is it just not the game book because uh, yeah, yeah, that's another way the, that's the, another the thing NFL call. calls it a game book off of Jesus was it but this was the Tennessee game that's why I'm confused right yeah, you're looking at the San Francisco game it was the Tennessee game wasn't it yes it was. It was last week, okay. not two weeks right, ago. Right, because this email was sent before this. Correct. Game. Right. But that's the explanation why. <laughs> that's why I couldn't find it in the same Yeah, well, I just, I thought <laughs> just maybe, wasn't there. I thought maybe you just carry a lot of papers with you. <laughs> well, I don't I, know. Look how quick. I, could, I know. I can get a Tennessee one this quickly. All right, Boom, at, I got it. Pull it up. Pull it up and see what you I got. I got files, baby. Yeah, yeah, I used to do that, too. And was then, it the first half? Yeah. It had to be, I, right? It was the first half, yes. It was the first half. That would be... <laughs> um. Before halftime. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there was 122 left. Okay. And since we recovered it, we actually ended up punting. Yeah. We won that game. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, great great email. Great email. I hope Excellent. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Stay warm. All right. Thank Mark you. Rice from Mesa, Arizona. All right. Gentlemen, the mic'd up videos that the team produce are always great, 
but the latest installment featuring Levante David presented a few particularly great moments that I wanted to call attention to. The first was around the two-minute mark, right after Levante had an opportunity on a tipped, bobbling interception. The subsequent clip shows him running off the field, and you hear a coach, I didn't notice which one, say to him, you owe me 20 on the jugs. Which means the jugs yep, machine, which yep. is the, what they do to which means simulate passes. So you learn how to catch. Yeah. So you, he, he, the coach was telling me he had to like work it. on catching the ball. The second was at about four minutes forty seconds, <clears throat> when Levante sees Coach Lori Locust, Locust um, as he points out, who's now with Tennessee, but was yep. with us for three or four three, years. Yep. After the game and during their embrace, her first remark was, "Why do you still have to be so good?" Oh. And his reply was simply, "Like fine wine." Ah. And Mark says, I couldn't agree more. Thanks for, for what you do, and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving wow. to you, too. Are, is, is the office deserted? The lights just went out. Yeah, well, it's tricky time for the O-line and the office staff volunteers. So they're all out in yeah, lot well, 14. It's nice that they're doing that. It also was a day where people could work from home. So it's true. a lot of people here. But there are a lot of people volunteering. Yeah, they do. They, they do. Did. It's good. A lot of people came in. A lot of people worked from home and then came in to do turkey time for the O-line. Which is great. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know what that is, I mean, it's probably self-evident, mm-hmm. self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. But the, the all the players on the O-line pitch in. They donate a, money. A good amount of money yep. so that they can purchase all the turkeys and all the trimmings they, for a Thanksgiving feast. And then uh, Publix Help steps up and donates and, and, and brings the – they bring refrigerated trucks Nice out there. So, and then they form a big, big line. Yeah, big, and big it is line. yes. People come through. They they enjoy seeing the players yep. and talking to the players, but then they also get the the they, assistance, the, the food the, assistance that, that they, they need. need. It's people that it's people that are in you know suffering from food crises. Yeah. Oh, the lights just came on. Somebody's here. Yeah, someone walked Motion out. Sensors. Well, it, yeah, that's that's what I love about here is. That's what you love about it? Yeah, where the motion sensors turn it off and on. It's conserving electricity. Jeff's favorite except when you Except when you leave your TV motion on when sensors. you leave. But go ahead. I almost never do that. I did that like <laughs> one time. And I noticed. The other day, I left pretty late and I left my lights on. Oh. My office lights and I was walking out there. I'm like, and oh, you, uh, I left my lights on. But I'm like, well, the cleaning crew will turn it off. And did they? I don't know. I left. I know, but when you came back, were your lights yeah, on? Yeah, in the morning, yeah, they were off. Oh, okay. Well, then they did shut them off. I thought they would. Okay. And I appreciate it. All right. Next question. From Daniel in Palm Harbor. Okay. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. Even though we lost, there's still seven games to go. Yay. And four division games to go. So anything can and will happen. I agree with the other people that write in that we need Salty Dog merchandise. (laughs) At some point, we're going to have to actually... Yeah, we will. Cave in and do it, it. Well, I'm working on my budget, so I'm going to <laughs> add uh, a line, Salty Dog merchandise. Okay, good. All right. My question is, who do you think is more likely to get the franchise tag, Mike Evans, Levante, David, or Antoine Winfield Jr.? In my opinion, he says, it should be Antoine Winfield because Evans has taken pay cuts before, and he wants to stay here and finish his career here. We need to keep Antoine because he's a hell of a player and very talented and underrated, and he's the one we need to keep the most. I'm sure Levante will be back, too. Keep up the good work and have a great, happy, and healthy Thanksgiving, guys. Yep, back at you. I don't think you would franchise Levante. I think Levante, yeah, I don't think you would. No, because you you would – I don't think you – 
if Levante wants to come back one more year, then, you know, you may I have to. I think it's just up to him, right? Yeah, it might be up to him, or you might have to say, hey, we really want you back. We're kind of in a crunch. Here's what we'll do. Why don't you see what's out there, see if anybody will grab you? I don't want him to say that. Well, it's happened before. I think there would be – you couldn't look, you couldn't franchise tag Levante because he's at the point in his career where he could just walk away. Yeah. He could just retire. Well, that's true. We don't know for 100% certain that he isn't going to retire. I hope not. Uh, right. Because he's still playing at such a yeah, high level. Hopefully it, the fact that he's crazy. playing at such a high level this year will prompt him to want to stay. And hopefully – I don't think the right word is loyalty. I don't like no, that. No, no. Because then you're putting all the onus on the player. You're like, yeah, oh, no. we don't have to worry about him because he's loyal to us. No. But I think he wants to play here. I agree right. with that. Mike Evans, though, the assumptions being made here, I that's a little shaky. I don't know what Mike Evans is thinking. That's right. a fact, and I want to preface that first. But we did have the deal at yep. the beginning of the season right. where Mike clearly wanted a new contract to be done before the season. Right. And then said, if it's not, we're not going to talk about it again mm-hmm. until after the season. And? So you're not guaranteed that Mike is going to... You don't know for sure. You and I don't know that that's his number one priority. No. I hope it is. Right. I hope it is. I think he's the kind of player that would be awesome if he's a, with the same team for his whole oh, career. Oh, yeah. And, of course, he's I great. Can't, I, I, that, that's a hard one to swallow of not having. It but would, you know what? We've seen it before, though. So every team has. Know. Every yeah. team has. Uh, I think, though, that this far into his career, um, I don't see them using a franchise tag right. on Mike. I could be wrong. And he's still obviously a great player. Um, I I also quibble with the fact that it's uh, Dan says that he's taken pay cuts. I don't think Mike has ever taken a pay cut. What people don't understand is you may take um, a number, uh, a dollar amount for the year, but you're not taking a pay cut because it's made up in a bonus, meaning that they pay you immediately. It's restructured. Yeah. It uh, It's always good for the player. It's yeah. nice. It's great that he's willing to do it. Don't get right. me wrong. He's helping us by doing so. But every player that's approached for a restructure should, and probably does, immediately say yes. Because all they do is they take the amount he was going to be paid and take a portion of that and change it from salary to, to a bonus that he gets right then. He gets it right then. If you're, getting, if you're going to get paid $12 million for a year's worth of work and somebody says, wait, no, we'll just give you $8 million up front, why would you ever say no to that? You right. always want the money sooner. And And – Another sidebar on that is that's an ownership group that's willing. You have to have an to, actual cash outlay. You have to pay that. Yeah. It's not. It's not. You know. Yeah, and and some some owners can't swing that, or, or they don't, don't want, want to. to. Which Correct. hey, I've never been in that position, so I'm not going to. And never, never, never will. Be. You never had to turn Decide, down a twelve. No, they, no, being an owner and saying oh, yeah. I do or don't want to do right. and uh, put that much cash on the line. Right. But what it does is. Because when you get a bonus, it's prorated over the number of years left on the contract. So if you take if you got four years left on your contract and you get an eight million dollar bonus, now it's a cap hit of just two million. Right. As you said, the cash is still real. Sure. It's a cap hit of two million this year instead of eight million. So you just gave your team six million dollars worth of cap hit. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for it down the line. Yeah, but still. You're but that's what you do. Taking care that's of business. That's what you do in the NFL. So Mike has not taken pay cuts, nor should he have. Right. Certainly not saying that right. because he's been great every year of his career. But um, he hasn't taken pay cuts. He's he's helped by restructuring. So I would not use that as evidence that Mike right. wants to be here above all else. Yeah. Again, I have no idea, and I hope that he wants to be here, and I hope they will be here. But we don't we don't know that. No, nope. we don't We're, know it. Again, time will tell. Antoine, as the youngest player uh-huh. and uh, an ascending player. 
seems like the most obvious candidate if you want to what? use your franchise sure. tag. And there's no guarantee the Bucks want to do that. Right. Uh, but if they do, I think Antoine seems like the obvious target. Um, the preferred outcome would be, instead of that, that they come together on a contract. Yep. So it's long-term and... We're happy. And you don't he's have, happy. Yeah, you don't have to preach to me on Antoine. I think no. I was the first one on the Antoine you're, is amazing train. You're, yeah, you're now, still I've been, there. I've been, I hyped him before the season as a first team All Pro. Yep. So, agreed. Okay, moving on to the last one from Alexander in Brazil. Hope this finds you both well mm. and adapted from the California time zone. I, I don't think I never changed. I never really changed. You just stayed on Eastern time all the time. Well. Basically, because I was up at 3.30 in the morning <laughs> and was like going, okay, I'm not really going to get up. And I laid there until 4.30 and then I went, hey, there's coffee in my room. <laughs> Got up and made coffee and I... That was that, huh? That was that. And then I was like lying to myself because I was basically saying, yes, it's dark outside, but... Really, at home, it was, you know, 7.30 by the time I got up. So I stayed up late and slept late. Yeah. you Really? What time did you go to bed? I don't remember. That's my phone. Oh, I don't Blowing remember. up. Um, oh, my phone's blowing up. Flex. All right. First off, Mr. Smith, sorry for not sending you, you a congratulations, mes- congratulations message for your sister's wedding. Uh, Hope they stay happy and healthy. Well, yeah, me too. But nice. you don't have to be sorry about that. You, you know? He's our friend. It's like, oh, I, know, I forgot. I should have. Anyway, thank right. you. And, yep. and they had a nice almost two-week uh, honeymoon in Spain. Nice. Second, I do not like to complain about a specific player, which is nice. Sounds like a butt's coming. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm just going to say that Yaya must be our starter and not use like a yo-yo in and out of the field. See what, see what I did there? He says, see yeah. what I did there? Hope you did. Otherwise, it'll be embarrassing. No, yeah. I get it. Yaya, yeah, 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 yo-yo. Okay, let's stop there. Um, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter who starts. No. You can count snaps. Yeah. And now you're saying something. Sure. It doesn't matter who starts. Yeah, that that's a fan thing that's fallen into. Because at one time, if you were a starter, you were there a lot. I mean, they're going to rotate those guys. Yes, they're going to rotate those guys. Keep them fresh. Let me guarantee you, not you specifically, and Alexander, but anybody. The coaches can see that Yaya is good. Yeah, and that he should be on the field more. Right. Just some games, the way that it works out. He might not get the number of snaps that you think he should. Just last week against Tennessee, he had like 43 snaps, which was second only to Shaq wow. among the outside linebackers. Really? And now, that was more than Joe. Right. Now, this week, he was more like 21 or 22, mm-hmm. which was less than Joe. That doesn't mean anything going forward. And starting or not starting doesn't matter at all. It's, right. it's really who gets who the gets snaps there. and who gets the high leverage yeah. snaps. Who do you right. get on the field when it's a critical third and seven? There you go. Well put. Okay. All right. Okay, third, I do not love the violence of the game per se, but when we are playing a team that that physical and our guys start falling like flies to injuries and getting hit out of bounds, wow. I do not appreciate when our players choose to not tackle the other quarterback. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, he's on a little a bit rant. of word, a little bit of a wordplay, yeah. but we know he's such a positive Yes, fan. I know. Which this is, is a big time for, him. for him. Yes. Um, he is standing on his well, desk we, screaming. We did sack him 3 times. Yeah. Um, and they definitely, I, I think he's joking, but we definitely did not choose not to hit the quarterback. No. <laughs> we would have but liked to hit him a lot more. But sometimes it looked like that. All right. Lastly, Mike, and he spells it the way Mike does in his logo. With okay. The one Very the nice. 
continues to be amazing, and I hope we can sign him back next offseason. Levante is another really special buck we have the pleasure to see. Now go get those Colts. Yep. Since you did, thanks for reading. I like how he said we have the pleasure to see. I, I yeah. like how that's put, and it's true. It's been a pleasure to be around Levante for uh-huh. like a dozen years now. Yep, I'm <sighs> with you. All right. That's it? That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Big Thanksgiving plans? Uh, we always go these times. We used to host, but we don't anymore. My niece does. Um, and they do a great job of hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you do uh, 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 Cuban influence or? There's some. There'll be some. Not some of it's Cuban. Um, my brother-in-law uh, is married to a Puerto Rican woman, so uh-huh. there's some food that's from Puerto Rico. One, nice. My son, who is obviously 50 percent Hispanic. Yeah. Um, he grew up loving rice. Uh, I love rice too. And his, his Thanksgiving plates are always funny because it'll be like four different rice dishes. Really? That uh, our yellow like, The rice. woman I was just talking about for, with the Puerto Rican uh-huh. background, she makes arroz con gondules, which he loves. Which is? It's it's white it's white rice with these little little beans. I don't know oh, what okay. kind of beans they are. All right. Um, they're like dark brown. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there'll be, my wife often makes ropa vieja, and so he'll have rice with ropa vieja. And I don't even remember all the rice dishes, but he'll have like four different rice dishes. I like on his it. Plate. But there's also the traditional Thanksgiving foods. Yeah. I like it. All I want is, is peace a, little and bit qu- of, a little bit of dark meat. Yeah. Really? You're not a white meat guy? No. Uh, no. Something to put gravy on, like stuffing. Uh huh. And it's not um, dressing. Whatever. And, uh, a dish that maybe isn't traditional for everybody's Thanksgiving, but my wife usually makes it because she knows how much I like it. Yeah. Uh, broccoli rice cheese casserole. Oh. And then a pumpkin pie if there's whipped cream. Oh, you have to have the whipped cream? Yeah. Really? I pumpkin take... pie without whipped cream is not, I, I just pass it. We on. are so different. And it, and the ratio of whipped cream that I put on a pumpkin pie yeah. is large. Really? Yes. See, we are so different. If I have any whipped cream on my pumpkin pie, it is like a little table, or a, not a table, a teaspoon. A little dollop. And a little, yeah. What would you call it, a dollop? dollop? Yeah, that's basically it on that. I'm just not a... I got to have a lot of whipped cream to cut it. Uh, I like it, but it's too yeah. much mm-hmm. without the Without that, huh? Same thing with pecan pie. I need to have ice cream. Pecan pie is awesome. Yeah. But I can only eat a few bites if I don't have ice cream to cut it. It's so rich. Oh. See him see saying? I see. Wow. Okay, guy. <laughs> So what about you? What's your plans? Uh, probably uh, turkey stuffing. You have to make it. Do you no. make it? Linda I'm, makes it. I'm out of the house. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm not even. But I'll come in here. Yeah. Briefly. And she has to do all the work at home. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come go back. I may open up the bottle of wine or whatever the prosecco or whatever it may be. Um, and uh, football will be on. Yeah. And, and Linda likes football too. Yes. So that's helpful. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. I walk in the door, and last night the lightning were on, and then I fell asleep in the chair, and the Kansas City Chiefs were on, and I got up from the chair and went to bed. So that's basically that's basically my exciting life. Um, yeah, just kind of take it easy, and then um, you know we're into it. I I like I, like you you're going somewhere. I I I just like to be home because we're not home that much during this time of year. So I, I just but like... But you keep it to the two of you. Yeah. I just like okay. it nice and quiet, nice and no. easy. And we get... And I feel bad sometimes because we'll get invites to go to see, you know, and it's always kind of like, you know, thank you so much. But, you know, no, we... Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't be insulted if I invited you and you said that. Like, yeah. No, that's just how he likes to spin it. Yeah. No, when you contrast that with what I was talking about, 
we get together with it's Giselle's family. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any of my family. Sure. Here, so it's, it's Giselle's side of the family. And for many years, we hosted at our house. Now, for a good number of years now, it's been at our niece's house. Okay. Um, the advantage, like you said, it's nice to be at home. Uh-huh. Nice not to have yep. to go somewhere. Um, it's nice to have people in your home. Yep. But then you also have all the cleanup. Yeah. Well, then you got to work. Yeah. But if you go to someone else's house, you got to drive. That's the, got this to... one is in Ruskin. Okay. So well, it's a lengthy drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it when you get there, but I don't like the drive. So it's a lengthy drive, but you also get to leave. Yeah. When you, you want. They give you a leftover plate. Yeah. Well, but see, you... and, but see that, that's how it started because I'm a big leftover Thanksgiving person. And so if I went to someone's house, I mean, I'm not getting all this stuff. So I know. <laughs> what's your, you know? Uh, what's, how do you construct a leftover turkey sandwich? Um, I like it just with um, good bread, whether it's, you know, uh, sourdough or something like that. And believe it or not, I don't like to put a whole lot on it. So I, I like a little mustard on it and salt and pepper. And there okay. you go. I you also, have a specialty? Well, I agree with you in general in that I like a nice bread for sandwiches. Yeah. Like sourdough yeah. is great. Got to have good bread. Well, okay, but wait. Sourdough is great. There's some other good ones out there. Um, but for the left, and this is from my childhood, and my sister does the exact same thing. Uh-huh. A leftover turkey sandwich. And I know I just said white meat. Yep. Not a fan of, but it's good here. White bread. Like Wonder Bread. Oh, really? Mayonnaise. Yep. White meat turkey. Okay. That's it. Boom. That's a Midwestern sandwich. <laughs> I think it must be. Because I grew up in Chicago, and that's that's how my mom used to make them. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I, white bread's fine, but I would usually choose a wheat or something. Yeah, sure. But for Thanksgiving turkey sandwiches, white bread, mayonnaise, yeah. turkey. You know, yeah. do you have dinner rolls when you? There's dinner rolls at yeah. Thanksgiving, but I don't eat them. You say what I do is I cut the dinner roll, and then I take yeah. the inside out, and then I take turkey and, and stick it in there, and then I pour a little gravy on it, and then eat it that way. That might be good with a Hawaiian roll oh, if they happen to be there. Very good. That's Hawaiian rolls are the, sweet. The digging out of the, the middle of the bread, yep. that's a Bobby Flay trick. Is that what it have is? Have you ever watched Beat Bobby Flay? No. He does that all the time. Yeah, you do that, and then you can stuff stuff in you it. You put more stuff oh, in it. The ratio becomes better. Have so much, and then you have less bread because you have so much now dressing. I want a leftover turkey sandwich. I want to skip right past Thanksgiving. That, well, you'll get to Friday before you know it. Anything else? No. Okay. Since you, d- oh, happy Thanksgiving happy to all Thanksgiving, of you, everyone. however you celebrate. And if you want to send us questions Please. for future bu- podcast episodes, it's saltydogs at buccaneers.com. Since you did, thanks for listening.